Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. A series called Powerhouse. This has been an interesting series, uh, Powerhouse. Uh, this is our schedule for our speakers uh, who are coming next week. You're going to be blessed. We've got Isaac with us. Pastor Isaac is from uh, our Gold Coast location, a very powerful man who works very freely in the gift of healing, words of knowledge and prophetic. So you won't want to miss next Sunday. Uh, last week, Ben did an incredible job teaching. Thank you, Ben, for blessing us with that word. Uh, the powerful Anna uh, will be coming. And then we've got Daniel Bates, who, again, we've really brought Daniel in just to let the Holy Spirit move and flow and do what he needs to do to sort of open, open it up, to let God sort of have his way ministering to us as a church, so we are in good shape. But if you look at Powerhouse, we're looking back to where we started. And although we don't wear sheets and linen anymore, this is not a toga party, okay, church? We're a bit more conservative than that. But, but it's interesting that we may have changed our methods and our clothing, um, but the reason behind it all stays the same. It's the Holy Ghost that fell on the early believers that transformed the world. You and I are here today because the Holy Spirit fell in the upper room with 120 believers. And we got to look back to our past sometimes to understand our identity. And that helps us lead us into our future. And it's not that we're about elevation or a Pentecostal or a star. We're about the Bible. We're about what God did in the book of Acts. He wants to do today. Healing, signs and wonders, the moving of His Spirit, encountering salvations. And so I'm really excited to share about being bold in your speech. Acts 4.31 today. Let's jump into God's Word. Father, speak to us. Challenge us. Help us understand that the same God that moved in Acts is still moving today. You don't change. You're the same yesterday, today and forever. And we ask that you administer to every one of us. I don't want anyone to leave this place without having an personal encounter with God. No matter where you're at in your faith, you may not even believe in God. I pray you'll encounter Him today and you'll be saved. In Jesus' name. Amen. Acts 4.31. They were what? They were filled. Say it with me. They were filled with what? They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And what happened? They spoke the word boldly. Filled. Holy Spirit. Boldly. I like to say it this way, filled with the Holy Spirit equals speaking the Word of God boldly. Uh, for me, I wasn't always this preacher guy. I, I, I didn't have the mic and, uh, you know, do, do the whole preaching. Actually, I wasn't bold. I was, uh, I was timid, shy and afraid. So at Monavale Primary, I had a stutter. It was so bad, it, it would just... It, 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 would, it would lock me down. I, 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 I couldn't get my words out. It was horrific. And the pressure would come on me as a, as a primary school kid and, and, and I'd, I'd just get so, so worked up, the words would not come out. It was shocking. They'd laugh at me, bully me, make fun of me. It was horrible. My mother sent me to elocution lessons uh, to try and help me 
um, understand how to process in my mind and, and get the words out. And then I went to Pittwater High and things got worse because I was a late bloomer. I, I didn't know whether I was actually going to grow at all. Uh, again, mum sent me to the local GP and uh, they measured my bones and to try to find out what was wrong. Do, 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 do I need some extra help? And then my mum and dad got divorced and that was a shocker. And so here I end up probably 14, 15, just a mess, scared, insecure. Mum packed us up in the Sigma, the Mitsubishi Sigma, and we drove from the Northern Beaches to the Goldie. And you know one, just for my sister, my mum and I, three of us to start again. I was, I was just so fearful. I, I just, the thought of going to school, I, I couldn't cope with the pressure. The only plant place I found some solace was in the ocean, just alone. I just loved the ocean. I would surf and, and I found a little space there where I could breathe. It was so bad. Um, when I went to school on the Goldie, knew no one, outsider, you know, you, you get it, right? And then all of that starter and, you know, I was like three foot or something. I was just tiny. And it, it, was, it was a mess. Suddenly, suddenly, I got saved. Um, guy out in the ocean invited me to church, never been to church, didn't want to go to church. And I, for whatever reason, I ended up going. I got saved. But not only did I get saved, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And I started speaking these crazy, crazy things. I don't know what was going on. I've never been to church in my life, man. I, I don't know what was going on. I went to Eleonora once, some youth thing, but I only went there for the red cordial. I didn't know what they were doing. I didn't want the Jesus stuff. And, and so I, I just, I, I got, I got, so that was a Sunday. The next Friday, the youth group went out to Kavalav, which is Surface Paradise Empicenter, the, 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 the black hole, the, 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 the place of darkness, <laughs> the place where the demons and the devils run wild. And, and the youth group would do street preaching. And we, we would go there and we would hand out these tracks. Remember the tracks with the cartoons? And we would sort of, they would play the guitar and then someone would come out and, and, and preach uh, to the crowd, and then they'd step back, and someone, I, I've never seen anything like this, you know, I'm, I'm never, I, I've never been saved, didn't know about church, so I'm there with the youth group, I'm hiding, man, I'm scared, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't like people, I'm not good with people, I, I'm freaking out, and, and we're there, and this is like six days after I got saved, right, and filled with the Holy Spirit, I, I don't know what happened, I still look back and think, whatever happened, something took over me, and after the song that was someone else supposed to go, I, I, I came out of the back and I walked out to the front. There were hundreds of people gathered around in the street of surface. And I started telling them, I get emotional thinking about it. I started telling them about Jesus. And I'm the stuttering kid who's just insecure, couldn't face people, couldn't talk. And... Uh, 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 who is, what, what, what happened? Who is this guy? It was the Holy Spirit. And, and he just came over my life. And I wasn't healed instantly. I had lots of uh, issues of insecurity I had to work through. But there was the no denying that there is a God. 
and that the Holy Spirit is real and powerful. That same Holy Spirit is here today. That same Holy Spirit wants to work in your life today. That same Holy Spirit that brings the power to the early believers is available to you and I today. Sometimes I need that boldness when I talk to my teenage children or my young adult children. Sometimes I call on that boldness when I, when I need to preach. I still struggle with preaching, just so you know. I, I find it very difficult. I, I, get, I, I, don't, I, I don't believe in myself. I, I get all insecure. I, I, I used to throw up. Now I just throw up in my mouth and swallow and have a few <laughs> breath mints, so it's all good. But I, I just, I need the Holy Spirit. Church, we need the Holy Spirit. But we're not playing church. We desperately need the Holy Spirit to allow us to parent, to run businesses, to run our careers, to use His power in our lives. What about you today? When was the last time you were filled with the Holy Spirit? I'll unpack this very quickly because we've already covered it in the last couple of weeks. But if you're new... We have a declaration of faith at INC. That's the denomination we're being a part of. It's been running since the 70s. We believe the Holy Spirit indwells every believer at the moment of salvation. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit indwells you, absolutely. Uh, Our God is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're one. You're indwelled. However, we also believe through God's Word that the baptism of the Holy Spirit or being filled is a distinct, and listen to me, church, it's an on going experience that is promised to the believer. It was the Holy Spirit that transformed the early church so that Peter could preach the gospel and 3,000 people were saved. Think about it. Without the Holy Spirit falling on those believers, you and I wouldn't be here today. The church would not have exploded and spread like it did. So we're going to talk about boldness through the Holy Spirit and how with boldness came persecution. Let's pick it up in Acts 4 verse 1. We'll go through some scripture and we'll unpack how this affects us today. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in, in who? Proclaiming in Jesus, it never changes. We're singing about him. We're proclaiming him. That's the message. Uh, Proclaiming in Jesus and the resurrection of the dead. So church has just started. It's very vulnerable. It's like that little plant that you just put in your little seed box and you wonder if it's going to survive. Christianity had only a few numbers. Uh, The leadership structure there wasn't any. It was just chaos. It's all these people getting saved. You know, who, who's the pastor? I don't know. You know, who, who does the music? I don't know. All these three thousand people. Who's doing what? It was, it was chaotic. Um, there was there was inexperienced leadership. They hadn't done this before. They didn't have buildings. They didn't know where to go. Where do we meet? They had the temple that they sort of took over, and then they ended up in people's homes. It was wonderful, chaotic time, um, and they were commanded not to fight back. See, as a Christian, it doesn't give you much confidence to go to war because you've got to turn the cheek. You know, you're not allowed to speak bad. You're not allowed to beat people up. you just got to take it, suck it up. And so this was difficult for these early believers to navigate through. Plus, they faced opposition from institutions that had been there for thousands of years. So they're really going against pretty much everyone. Throughout history, when persecution came, And the Holy Spirit falls 
the church expanded. Every revival has come out of persecution and the Holy Spirit falling. Now, we're not under persecution like the early church or other parts of the world. However, there is a distinct and definite shift that's happened in the last few years. Stephen McAlpine says it this way. Only a few generations ago, Christians were the good guys. The solution to what was bad, rather than being on the wrong side of the law, we were the law. Christian morality was assumed and passed mainly unchallenged. The cultural and legal and political structures affirmed Christians and something changed. Increasingly, Christians are viewed as the bad guys. Christianity is no longer an option, it's a problem. The cultural, political and legal guns that Christianity once held are now trained on us. And it's happened quickly. The number of those professing faith has fallen dramatically. The seat at the cultural table that was assumed ours for the keeping uh, is increasingly being given to others. We're on the wrong side of the conversations and issues. It's come as a surprise. We're not sure how it happened. And we don't like it. And we don't feel we deserve it. But we are now the bad guys. Isn't that true? You think about it, in the past, uh, Christians and Christianity, they were well-respected. They built hospitals. Now, they built learning institutions. Uh, they, they built the missions. They, they were taking care of the widows and the orphans. There was that uh, Christian business that had a um, humanitarian uh, aspect to it. They were taking care of their workers. Uh, you know, the Christians were the good guy. But now, Christians are seen as offensive, out of date, a problem, an obstacle that needs to be removed, and the Bible is irrelevant and wrong. But I'm here to remind us that this is no different than what the Acts Church faced. And for the last 2,000 years, the church has endured through Jesus Christ, and it will continue to endure. But maybe today, because of this shift, instead of being bold, you've, come a, you've become a bit silent and a bit timid. Maybe at the office you feel the odd one out now. And you don't want to offend or be rude or obnoxious. So you sort of just stay quiet. Maybe you're more hesitant to say what you think to those who don't know Christ. You don't want to be seen as a bigot. You think you don't know enough about the current issues. Oh my gosh, the number of issues that are out there. Maybe you're afraid of what people will think. They'll write you off. They'll reject you. Maybe you fear what they'll do. Might lose your job. Can't support your family. This is not new to Christianity. God's word gives us a map and gives us the hope and the promise that we're actually on the winning side. <laughs> Jesus has won the victory. We are on the winning side, and through Christ, we have the victory. It's ours. Let's continue on and see what happened in the early church in verse. For chapter 3, they seized Peter and John and because it was evening, they put him in jail. They'd gone to jail for preaching about Jesus until the next day. Uh, but many who heard the message, what did they do? They, they believed. Even though the persecution, they were still seeing people believing. So the number of men grew to about 5,000. So even in this persecution, they're being locked up, thrown in jail. 
the message is spreading, people are believing, the church is exploding. Just like the enemy wanted to shut down the church in Acts, the enemy wants to shut us down. But just like in the church of Acts, the enemy failed. The church grew during the persecution and we're no different. I'm believing for revival. I am. I'm believing for more people to come to Christ than ever before. I'm believing that this pressure cooker of culture is going to leave them all empty and void because there is no other option than Jesus. And when people try everything else and it fails, they will at one point say, I've got nowhere else to go. I'm exasperated. And Jesus is the truth, the life, the answer. The future, He is the one who can save. But we have to understand we need the equipping of the Holy Spirit, that empowerment that God has for us. That's why Jesus said, I must go. Because He could only do one-on-ones with the Holy Spirit. He can be everywhere with every believer, empowering them. So then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice Luke said he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Didn't just say he was knowledgeable or he was a good guy or he had influence and he was a good leader. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Wasn't a great singer. You know, all the accolades. Didn't have a lot of Insta followers. He wasn't famous or popular. He didn't look good or wear great clothes. What was the distinct thing that, that Luke said? He was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the difference maker right there. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And we all can be filled with the Holy Spirit. God is no respecter of persons. And he said to them, it is by the name, what, of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Here, Peter just preaches Jesus. I love this. This may be the best little preach uh, that you could ever give to anybody. If ever you want to know what do I say, uh, I think this is the strongest, one of the most powerful preachers. It is not by Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, (laughs) but whom God raised from the dead that this man stands before you healed. They just healed someone and Peter's giving an explanation. Verse 11, Jesus is, what is he? The stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. We need Pastor Ben to unpack that, but it kind of means I think the old covenant, the new covenant, somehow they're joined together and Christ is the centre. We'll let you take care of that, Ben, by, before I destroy it. But verse 12, there is salvation in who? No one else. No one else. God has given no other man under heaven by which we must be saved. Peter didn't merely proclaim Jesus as a way of salvation. He's the only way of salvation. He's the only hope. He's the only answer to the world's problems. There is no plan B. There is no other option. There is no other name. There is no other religion. It all comes down to Jesus. He separates all religions. He's the only path for freedom. He's the only one that can set you free, that defeated death, that overcame the grave, that rose on the third day. Jesus is the one we proclaim. Not our opinions, not our ideas, not our methods, not our style. It's always Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. They didn't give their arguments or or logical opinions or they just shared Jesus. I love that. So let's talk for a few more minutes. How, how How do we be bold? If we look at Acts 4.13, the Bible says the members of the council were amazed when they saw what? They saw the, the, the boldness of Peter and John. They were amazed when they saw the boldness. Because they could see they were ordinary men. I just love how God takes ordinary people, just like you and me. Uh, doesn't take the best or the brightest, just takes the average ordinary who are hungry 
and by His power, supernatural things happen. Uh, they had no special training in the Scriptures. Didn't go to Bible college. They, they, they weren't part of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They also recognised, so number one, they, they saw this boldness, but they recognised them as men who had been, been with Jesus. How, how, do you, how do you be bold? First thought is you spend time you spend time with Jesus. We need to spend time with Jesus. I don't know what that looks like for you, but don't put it off. Every day, find a way. Spend time with Jesus. We cannot go past Jesus is our answer, and we cannot go past building our personal relationship with Him. They are the anchors for our faith. Spending time with Jesus. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't replace Jesus the Holy Spirit reinforces the need for Jesus. There's a compliment, there's a dance in the Trinity that they complete each other. So we don't replace Jesus with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit directs everything to Jesus. Boldness comes out of this Greek word, uh, parasihai. It means freedom in speaking, unreserved speech, basically telling it all. So this Boldness allows you just to freely speak about Jesus. Now, that doesn't give us license to be obnoxious, to be rude. Well, I'm just saying as it is. No, that's stupid. That you just you're being an idiot. Get get a little bit of emotional intelligence. Uh, get a get a get a emotional intelligence test, and we'll and and you'll see whether you're lacking. If you don't think you're lacking in emotional intelligence, that's probably a sign you might be. So you you've got to be sensitive and wise. And it's not about your opinion. We we love you. We don't really care about your opinion. What we care about is Jesus, right? And so Peter says this in, three, one, in 1 Peter 3.14, uh, do, do not fear their threats, do not be frightened, but in your hearts revere who? Christ is Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give reason for the hope that you have. So be ready to share your faith, to talk about Jesus, but do it with gentleness and respect. Number one, how do you get bold? You spend time with Jesus. Number two, you ask God to make you bold. You ask Him. So as soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them all that had happened, uh, what the leading priests, sorry, and the elders had said. So they got with the believers like, we made it out. We got out of that prison. Woohoo! We're free. Praise the Lord. He came through. They're dancing. They're celebrating. There's, you know, chicken going on. There's chips. It's dancing. It's, it's awesome. They're singing. They escaped. We made it. Uh, and guess what they did next? You would think they would say, thank you, God, for saving us. Keep us safe. Protect us. Uh, help us to, to stay out of jail. You know, give us favour, uh, put the hedge of protection around us. 
Whatever the hedge of protection means, God, we need that hedge. I always wondered, what is the hedge? Is that greenery? Is it like, like we need some plants or something? I, anyway, we'll get Ben to answer what the hedge is. He's the Bible scholar in this group. And so just protect us. Help us to have a safe drive home. God, I pray for a parking space at Towers because there's never any there. And I pray that they all get flat tires and don't make it so I can... I pray that Apple is empty. They go broke so they can serve me. And I'm sick of lining up. God, give me a spare Apple spot with an Apple geek. And so these are our prayers. But, but guess what they prayed. Verse 29, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with what? Here it is again, with boldness. So they're praying for God to help them do what got them in trouble in the first place. They're not praying for safety and remove us and we'll run to the mountains and, you know, this whole church thing's too complicated. Let's just, you know, we'll do it in a home. You know, let's just move out to the Blue Mountains. You know, let's go to Blackheath. We'll just hunker down and, you know, just cook some food out there or plant some. No, no, no. God, enable us, your servants. We've got to ask God to enable us to speak boldly. And, And they prayed and, and God enabled them. You don't need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven. Jesus Christ saves you. But we do need the Holy Spirit to bring heaven to earth, to give us boldness, to empower us. I'll close with this story. I shared a story of boldness when I was six days into being saved, right? 15-year-old, told you all that story. Um... Now I want to tell you an opposite story of when I wasn't bold. It's, um, this may get tricky. I don't know where this is going to go. Um, but all I know is I need God to move in our church and I'm prepared to be bold and maybe risk something here and I hope you work with me uh, in this. Um, my dad was not saved. He um, had a big, big business in Brookvale and uh, was atheist and I, I never, never was comfortable sharing my faith. I used to buy C.S. Lewis books and hide them, you know, in his uh, SL500 Mercedes convertible and just hope he'd read it. I, I don't think he ever did. But um, I, I, I was with him several years ago and he visited Bonnie and I and the kids. And I just sensed that I had to tell him about Christ. And he's living in the Philippines, relocated over there, uh, has businesses and just stuff over there. So... I knew it was kind of my last chance, I felt. And so day one, I'm like, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to do it today. (sighs) The opportunity didn't come up, you know. Maybe God didn't want me to share my faith today because there was no opportunity. So, you know, you blame God. You didn't give me the opening. And so we were kind of counting down the days and it was weighing on me. And I had a plan. I think you need a plan. Plans are good. So I thought when we gather, I think it was the last night we were together, maybe a Thursday night, we're having a meal. I thought, I'm going to say grace. That's, it's going to be the door. I'm going to do grace because that's what we do. We do grace as Christians. And so I'm going to share grace and then I'm going to say, Dad, do you have a faith? Do you know that Jesus loves you and he died for you? And so I told my wife, Bonnie, yeah, that's awesome plan. Good plan, hey. Do it. 
And I said, just really delay the food being landed on the table. Just give me a bit of time. You know, we'll get a clock and we'll get, get the keys and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be, you plan this out. And so I said, okay, you know, let, let's, uh, let, let's have dinner. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. And uh, I delayed. I, I, I freaked out. I, I um, choked. Bonnie kicked me under the table. When are you going to do the grace? <laughs> later, later, you know, later. I got this. And um, I, um, I didn't say grace. I didn't tell him about Jesus. Maybe a month later, we, uh, we got a call from my sister that he passed away. Just sudden. Oh, man. This is the tough part right here. Matthew 25, 41. And the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the fire. The problem is there's a hell, right? We know that. But we kind of live as though it doesn't exist. And I'm not here to condemn us. I'm not here to beat us up. But I am here to say through God's word, there's a reason we need to be bold. To see people saved. I mean, they choose at the end of the day. We can't choose for them and we don't carry that. But we are responsible to be witnesses. In fact, I think the whole mission statement of Acts is found in Acts 1.8. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So you'll be my what? My witness. The purpose of the power of the Holy Spirit is not just signs and wonders, although they're real and they work. It's not just miracles, although they are. It's not just healings, although they're real. It's, it's so that we could be witnesses to see people saved. And people... Tell me all the time as a pastor, how, how could a loving God send people to hell? And I like this story. Let's say you're addicted to drugs and living on the street, no home, no future. And then someone says to you, come, come I want to help you out. I'll rescue you off the street. Come, come home with me. Uh, I'll get you cleaned up. I'll give you food. I'll pay your debts. I'll help you with rehab. We'll, we'll get you back on track and, 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 and we'll become part of the family. You know, we'll invest in you. There's just, just, just one condition. Just don't bring drugs into our house. You know, just one condition. I've got to take care of my family, my kids. And I've said this actually to some people. Just one condition. You, 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 you know, you, there's some rules that we have. And, and, and one of them is don't bring, don't bring drugs in. If that person then says, forget it. Man, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not giving that up. It's kind of on them. It's not on me. Because we've made the offer. Does that make sense? Um, if you turn down the offer, it's on you. 
the fault is on you, not, not the person extending the offer. Our loving Father in heaven, none of us deserve to go to heaven. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ. He gave the ultimate price. He, he invites everybody in. He welcomes every man, child and woman. He, 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 it's His desire that none would perish. He is a good God. You know why? Because none of us deserve salvation. We're all bad. We're all born with sin. Yet it's His love for us that sent His Son that brought the Holy Spirit so His Son could be uh, preached, the Gospel could be shared so no man would perish. This is a bold statement. I hope you'll work with me on this one. God doesn't send people to hell. People choose to go there. Now let me share the hope on the other side. Revelations 21.1 as we close. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared and I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is coming among His people. He will live with them and they will be His people and God Himself will be with them and He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain or things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, it is finished, I am the Alpha. And the Omega, it's what Ben shared this morning, the beginning and the end to all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All, everybody, no one misses out. Everyone is invited and welcome to accept Christ. All who are victorious will inherit all the blessings and I will be their God and they'll be my children. Father, we pray today that we'll be bold for You, that the Holy Spirit would just come over us today, fill us, empower us. It's there, it's real, it's available. This whole series is about learning to be filled, to tap in. You don't have to come to church to be filled, but it's a great place to be filled. It's almost like the petrol station, there's petrol bowsers, and it's free. It's not $5 a litre. And, and look, you know, you, you can access your own petrol bowser. I get that. You can do that in your car. You can ask God to fill you in your home at work. Yeah, absolutely. But there's something about corporately coming together, calling on His name. God's presence is in this place. Maybe today you don't know Christ. I, I, I want to invite you. If you don't know where you would go if you died today, if you don't have your assurance of your heaven for your eternity, then this is for you. We, we love you. Our church is built for you to be a place where the gospel's preached and people can be saved. Every service, every week. Eyes closed and heads bowed. You want Jesus to be your Lord. You want your, your eternity secure. Just raise your hand wherever you are. Just put it up high. Say, yeah, I want Jesus to, be, to save me, to forgive me. I, I want to be saved. Father, we thank You that through Jesus we can be saved. We call on that great name.